Women's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, we are joined by Brittany Buhina with Native Roots Healing. She's a wife, a mom, and so much more. Welcome, Brittany. We're so glad to have you. Hello. Hello. So tell the audience a little bit about Brittany. Yeah, so many things. <laughs> um, I am, so I'm Guthrie based. So we, we live out in Guthrie. We live on a farm. So surrounded by land, surrounded by nature. Um, but like you said, I'm also a wife. I'm a mom. Um, we've got our little guy who is 21 months. So fairly new-ish mom. Um, but that's kind of where my journey began in a sense. Um, I felt like I was getting just very lost in motherhood. I think a lot of us do. Um, and I had already kind of started my work a little bit before I had my son, but really kind of lost it as I became a mom. But we were also in that, you know, huge midst of COVID. And so it was just, things were so crazy. So I, I lost myself so much just in motherhood and COVID and the unknown and when he was about six months old, um, probably about between six months old to a year, I really was like, I've got to step out of this. I've got to really work on myself. I've got to kind of figure out where I'm going, what I'm doing. Um, and that's kind of where things started and really took off when I kind of made that decision of like, I'm done being lost. I'm done being just a mom, just a wife, because I know that that's not all that I wanted to do. Um, and so, yeah, so I stay home with our son. So I'm technically, we always joke about it. I'm like a part-time mom, but businesswoman at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I stay home and I chase, you know, our rambunctious toddler around for most of the day while I'm still, you know, trying to run my business. Um, and yeah, so it's just kind of been a crazy, but fun journey. Well, what brought you to this place of the business you're doing now? Yeah. So I actually started, um, it was probably 2016 when I really got onto my own healing journey. Um, there was a lot of stuff going on in my life at the time. And actually my now husband, we had been together for about a year and actually split up. Um, there was a lot of trauma that I was carrying a lot of, um, ancestral shit that just wasn't mine. Um, because us as women, well, really anybody, we carry a lot from our ancestors. Um, and that was really hitting me hard. And so we ended up splitting and I moved back home to Kansas, which is where I'm from. And I really took some time to just dig deep and explore. And so 2016, my journey really began with this self-discovery and shadow work and, you know, finding these pieces of me that just really did not serve me that I needed to let go of. Um, and we were actually apart for about two or three months and then we got back together and then here we are you know six seven years later we've been together for about seven years married for one um so obviously things worked out which is great um but that's really when my journey began of just you know trying to discover who I was and what was going on deep within me 
Um, and of course it's been a hard journey. It wasn't like, you know, that moment hit and I was like, oh, everything's great. No, this is still such an ongoing journey for me. Um, but yeah, so that kind of continued and I, you know, I'd be on my path and then I'd fall off and then I'd be on it and I'd fall off. And I think that's where a lot of women are too, is that they, you know, get on this certain path and they feel really good. And then all of a sudden motherhood or being a wife or life just kind of takes over and we forget those pieces of us and we fall back into old cycles, into old stories. Um, so yeah, my, my work really started there. I started getting into energy work and probably about, I think it was 2018. So I started, you know, learning about the energy of the body and how we can work with it. Um, and then in 2019, I became certified in Reiki. So I started with energy work and then I became certified as a yoga teacher because I really wanted to do movement and energy healing. I thought they went so well together. And so all of that was its own process and its own journey. Um, you know, I learned so much through all of just even that. And Last year, I got certified with my master's in Reiki, so I can actually teach it, um, but still, I'm a practitioner, so the work that I do, I do energy work, um, but I was able to finally, you know, when I look back, I'm like, I'm actually doing, you know, what I really wanted to do, and so in my sessions, we do that. We do a lot of movement and energy work, um, but of course, with me too, it's just never ending. I'm such a learner, and I always want to just continue to learn. Um, so there's a lot more things that I have going and coming up um, that I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it began. And it's just been kind of one thing after another that's led me, you know, to a whole other path. And this definitely was not the life that I would have expected <laughs> at all. But here I am. What life did you expect? What were you doing before all of this work began? Like, were you in a totally different vocation Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you were to ask my friends and family, I mean, even now they're so used to who I am now, but I think still sometimes it's kind of like shocking in a sense. Um, you know, before I met my husband, so I think I was about 25, almost 26 when I met my husband, I'm almost 34. Um, and he was 30 and we came from two totally different backgrounds. Um, and growing up, I was very much, you know, the popular girl and I fit in with everybody and, you know, I was here and there and like, I really knew how to kind of, you know, almost a chameleon in a sense, I could be certain way around this group and around this group. And I had always pictured my life, you know, I was going to grow up and I was going to, you know, live in a big city and I was going to live this huge lavish lifestyle and, you know, really just not so much even thinking about a family at all. Like kids were not even in my mind. Um, and it's just so different, obviously, from where I was, you know, thinking of being in a huge city and, you know, I was going to school to be a psychologist and um, partied a lot. I was a yeah. huge party girl. I mean, every night going out, different bars, meeting people. And when I look back at it now, I'm like a lot of these people that I met, I don't even talk to them anymore. Um, but that I think was a period of my life that I really needed. I think I needed to let this kind of fire out within me and learn how to kind of control it in a sense, um, because nobody could, nobody could control the fire that was ignited within me, not even myself. <laughs> um, so I think when my, you know, journey of self healing and discovery started, I was able to really learn how to hone that down and control it. Um, but yeah, that is definitely where I had pictured my life compared to now living 
in the country with a husband and a baby and doing healing work with myself and other women. Um, yeah, so it's just <laughs> definitely different than where I thought I was going. So the initial plan was to become a psychologist, live in the city, live the life. Yeah. What was the, so did you finish the psychology degree? Did you work in the private sector doing anything with that degree? No, which is really funny because I, I'm halfway through my bachelor's, which I don't plan on going back to school, but you know, school was always kind of one of those things. I, you know, I started with criminal justice and then I went to sociology and psychology and I knew that was the area I wanted to be in. And I really wanted to help and to counsel people. Um, and the more that I thought about it, I mean, one, money to go to school is outrageous. Um, that's a huge problem that we have here. Right. Yes. Many degree. Um, but then I was also in this place of just, you know, I don't want to sit in a room and be by the book. And and this is not knocking counselors and psychologists by any means. Let me start by saying <laughs> But for me and my personality and who I am, I did not feel right. And it did not settle with me well to think of myself as working for somebody sitting in a room while somebody came in to tell me their problems. And I had to be very by the book and I had to, you know, be very safe of what I said and what I did. And now with the work that I do, you know, I don't have my college degree, but I'm doing what one I'm meant to be doing. You know, I wouldn't be here yes. if this wasn't meant for me. But also, I pretty much do, in a sense, counsel women. That's what we yes. do go a lot deeper. And I love it because I don't have to filter myself. I don't have to follow anybody's rules or anybody, you know, any book. Um, and so, yeah, in a sense, I'm doing what I wanted to be doing, just not by society standards. Yes. I love that you found your own way to do the thing. i also came from a medical background, a registered nurse. And yeah. so that by the book kind of thing. And it, I think we're speaking the same language when it comes to big pharma and the, the way things are supposed to be done and all this, there's so much more oh, uh, absolutely. to this life and healing our bodies for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I know you, you've talked a little bit about the trauma that you've experienced that, you know, and, and the, the best business owners I talk to have solved a problem with their business that many times they themselves have found a way to repair in themselves and in others. Yes. Um, are you, are you open to talking about that trauma a little bit and what you've been through? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, you know, I really grew up in a broken home in a sense. Um, you know, I love my parents now. We're all very close, um, but they, you know, shouldn't have been married in the first place. <laughs> I fully admit that. Um, but it was just a very, very bad marriage, which, you know, I was around and I saw and, you know, they eventually divorced, I think when I was like 11. Um, and time. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, through all of that, and there's obviously it goes a lot deeper in all the things that happened, which I don't necessarily want to talk about, you know, that yes. stuff, but, um, you know, what I can say is that it just was not a good marriage. They, they were not good for each other. Um, and so I carried a lot of that with me. There was a lot of anger that I carried. <clears throat> there was a lot of, you know, stuff that I saw that I just shouldn't have seen. And, you know, you don't realize that when you're younger, what that's actually doing to you until you get older and you see stuff and cycles um, and things unfolding in your own relationships. And so for me, I think something that, you know, really took me up honestly until this probably last year, um, 
was realizing how much I searched for love in other people, you know, and especially like other men, I was always, you know, looking on the outside, looking for somebody else and, you know, somebody to feel, fill this place inside of me, because I don't think I grew up seeing that. I didn't grow up seeing what, you know, true love actually was. And so for me, I think I had this idea of what it was and I was searching for it and searching for it and searching for it. And it almost made me like angrier and angrier and angrier because I wasn't finding it. And I, you know, was confused on like, what's happening? What's going on? Why can't I find anybody? Why am I alone? <laughs> like all of these things. Yeah. Um, and I just carried such anger with me. And, you know, me and my husband, we talk very deeply about things and, um, you know, we have definitely had our ups and downs. We have had our battles. We, you know, we got married and within three months, even though we've been together for six years, we had our son who was six months, you know, after about three months of marriage, he was about ready to file for divorce. And when that happened, that really hit something deep in me because I'm like, I cannot continue this. I have to dig deeper. I have to figure out what's going on. Um, because I was in a place of when things don't go my way and I get frustrated, I get very pissed and frustrated and I would take it out on him and it would cause these huge fights. And sometimes it'd be the dumbest shit, the dumbest things when I look at, you know, and it wasn't like I would just kind of get frustrated. No, I would get so mad. I'd get so mad. It was the end of the world. Like, and so I understood like he didn't want to be a part of that. He didn't want to live in a marriage that was like that, but that's what I grew up with. To me, this was kind of normal. But also after doing some digging, you know, I found out that most of the women in my family, long line of them, you know, their first loves, their true loves either died, they left them, they cheated, they divorced, whatever the case may be. And they all went through such heartache. Mm -hmm. And so as I start to look at that and I really start to tap into that, I can feel that like a lot of this anger and the stuff I was carrying was not my own. Because I remember even with one of my very first boyfriends in high school, I had zero trust, like from the beginning, which, you know, at the time I thought was normal. I thought, oh, women just don't trust men, you know, like that's the thing. And maybe some don't, but it was a really deep seated issue within me of, you know, he did nothing wrong, but I instantly went into this relationship with somebody that I truly loved and did not trust them mm. at all. And that came from somewhere. And I think mm -hmm. it was this long line of women just being heartbroken and not being able to trust and being afraid that somebody was going to leave. And so I really started working with that and digging into that. And so that was one thing that was huge for me. Um, and our marriage is way better now. You know, it took a lot of my own work and just that shadow work. Um, of digging and finding these things and working with them and finding my triggers and really releasing all of this, those things that just don't serve me, that are not good mm -hmm. for me or those around me. Um, so that was huge, but there's been a lot more too <laughs> with it, but that was definitely the, the big eye-opening type of thing for me mm -hmm. and just that anger. Mm -hmm. So this ancestral and shadow work you're talking about, take us through what it's like when, what does a woman look like when she comes? Are you only work with women? Is that right? Okay. And so when a woman comes to you, what, what is the state that she's in? What happens with her work with you? And what does she look like on the other side of that? 
Yeah. So it's really different with everybody. So, and I do different things. So I do one-on-one sessions with women, um, but I also hold monthly gatherings. So I do monthly women gatherings as well, um, where we kind of do some of the same stuff, but obviously when you're one-on-one with me, we get a little bit deeper. um, And that's where we do a lot of the energy work and really deep discussion. Um, And typically when women come to me, they are in a place where they feel stuck. They feel very stuck. They, uh, more often than not, they have seen counselors and psychologists and they just feel like it's not working. And they're in this place of knowing that something needs to change, but they don't really know what, and they don't really know how. And so my biggest thing for women is that I'm a guide. I mean, that's truly what I do is I'm, I'm a guide for them. I don't heal you. Um, but I am there to give you tools and kind of show you how you can begin to heal yourself, heal your old cycles, your story, your old stories. Um, and so, yeah, really when women come to me, it is, they're in this place of just feeling stuck and needing someone that's really going to push them and, you know, kind of find some deeper issues and kind of, you know, what's going on, where can we work? What are my triggers? Um, and so when they come to see me, within my sessions, we do movement. So I do, you know, very slow, intentional movement where I'm hands-on. So I do a little bit of energy work at that point, just to kind of loosen things up. Um, We do sound healing. So I have, you know, my crystal bowls and we kind of go through that. And I really pay attention to the body and, you know, certain bowls, if I hit their body may twitch a certain way or they may move. Or so I pay attention to which chakra, you know, I'm kind of hitting and where that's really kind of affecting them. And so then once we do that, you know, throughout each little thing we do, we stop and we'll talk and I'll say, what are you feeling? Where are you at right now? And that's how all the sessions begin too, is where are you at? What are you feeling? And, you know, know that this is a safe space. Anybody that comes and sees me, that's the first thing I say is that this is a safe space. This is for you to be who you are, to speak what you need to speak um, and to figure things out. And so then as we move through this, we get, you know, typically we get into a very calm state. We get into this calm space that we usually can't be in in the outside world so that they can really focus on their body, on what's Mm -hmm. going on inside. What are their thoughts? What's kind of coming up for them? Um, Once I get somebody up on the table and we really do the energy work, um, which is me just kind of working over the body um, and really listening to spirit, listening to their energy, listening to my energy, listening to spirit of, okay, where do I need to work on her body? That is usually in those moments where a lot of stuff starts to really surface and come up. More often than not, probably 98% of the time stuff comes up that they're like, holy shit, I was not even thinking about this. I wasn't even aware of this. And that's where our work begins. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this came up for a reason. Let's work with this. What's, what's troubling your mind that you're unaware of that's just hidden back there. Yes. And a lot of times we are aware of it. It's usually that little ping in the back of our head, but we want to ignore it. So we're like, no, it's not right. No, I can't do this. No, I can't leave him. No, I can't leave my job, whatever the case may be. But when that is pinging in the back of our mind, that is what is going on with you internally. And you're holding Mm -hmm. this stress and you're holding this trauma Um, and so we work through that and, you know, most of the women, well, probably all of them that come to me, um, will tell you, you know, I'm a very nurturing soul. I'm going to be there to hold you. I'm going to be there to hear you and to see you. 
Um, but I am also going to challenge you. So I'm not going to just sit here and be like, oh, okay, well, it's, it's okay. Like, absolutely not. I'm going to be like, okay, so why, mm-hmm. why, what's going on, you know? And I've had women that it takes me a minute to pull something out of them, but finally it just releases and it will just be tears. And, you know, they're like, oh God. I needed that. I'm like, I know you did. (laughs) Yeah, I know I can feel this and see this. (laughs) Yeah. And so it really is me just nurturing. And I have, I've held women in my arms while they just fully broke down and screamed and cried. I've held them when they were angry. I have just been there to have them relax. Um, everybody's so, so different. Um, you know, and I have a few women that I see about once a month or they come to me once or twice a month and it's just such a difference from the first time I see them to even the second time and the third time. And it's just a beautiful thing to be able to experience and see, you know, this release and this, this change and, you know, finally feeling like they're not in a place of, you know, just being stuck and not knowing where to go. So, so once a client experiences that, that emotional release, um, and they kind of get that and dig down to the root of what's causing them, uh, the pain, does that typically is just recognizing it enough or are there, is there work to do beyond that? So much work to do beyond that. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting for it. I was like, I know she's going to ask this. Yeah, there's uh, work that's got to be done for that yes. kind of healing to occur. Yeah. And honestly, the biggest thing for anybody is the awareness of it. That is the absolute first step. And so that is what is, you know, it's really the most important step because if we don't become aware of it, then we aren't able to work with it. Um, Or, you know, the bypassing. Sometimes we want to bypass things and we want to, you know, try to be here, but we want to jump here. That's not going to do us any good because then all this trauma and all the shit we're carrying is still going to be stuck. And so the biggest thing is just that awareness of it you know, and it's not typically one thing. There is never just one thing that is, you know, wrong or going on. There is so much that our bodies hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes those bigger things are what need to come to the surface first. Um, and, you know, I've had women where there are big things that come to the surface and I've had women where it starts with little things. And that's just because, you know, their soul, their higher self, like it's just not ready for all the big stuff to come at once. Um, and so it's a process. And once you, you know, have that awareness of something that comes up, it's very much, okay, here's your homework. You work with this, find your triggers, find, you know, what did your kids say or do, or your husband say or do that, you know, you started feeling this emotion because a lot of times we do that too, is that we'll have something going on inside, but we don't actually acknowledge it until it's here and we're exploding. And then it's like, I don't know why, I don't know what. Yes, you do. But it's, it's really calming yourself down and being patient and learning that as soon as you feel that first, you know, just little bit of emotion when somebody says something and knowing that that's a trigger and working with those and really digging in a little bit deeper with that stuff. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that being the, the awareness of the problem. It's like, 
what do they say in AA? It's like the first step is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, That sounds very simple to say, but that problem doesn't necessarily have to be self-enforced. It could be your health. It could be, you know, the outside forces of someone else that caused your trauma, or it could be decisions that we ourselves have made that caused our own trauma. And sometimes those are the hardest ones to face. And really that that's honestly, truthfully what it is. Um, what is created inside of us is because of us. And I say that in the sense, like, yes, there are outer forces that are going to trigger and do all of those things. And it's up to us though, on how we react mm -hmm. and what we hold. And that's still something I'm working on. Like, trust me, I am not perfect at this reform. <laughs> um, but the first thing is really admitting because when something happens, we are so quick to blame somebody else to blame something else outside of ourselves. And that's really where we as a society and as a collective have to take a step back and deal with these things and learn our learn ourselves really and, and really learn how to react appropriately because when you lash out or when you hold on to this anger, that is you. This other person doesn't give a shit if you're angry. They don't exactly. care if you're upset. It is mm -mm. all you. So this trauma that we carry, yes, something, you know, maybe there was sexual abuse going on. Maybe there was a horrible car accident. Maybe there was an awful death. Of course, that is going to sit with you. And I'm not saying at all that like any of that's okay. Like, you know, it's, it's your fault. But what I am saying is how we hold on to that is what's huge. That is what sits in our body. That is what we hold on to. And we have to learn to really let go of that stuff. Because if not, eventually it leads into our bodies breaking down. It leads into disease. It leads into, you know, so many things that we shouldn't have, but we do because we're holding on too tightly to things we don't need. Yeah. A hundred percent. I know when I finally made the decision to say, I'm not a victim of the shit that has happened to me or that I've put myself through or that someone else put me through that my body has put me through over the years. I'm no longer a victim of that because you know what? The victim is never the hero. Yeah. We yeah. get to choose. We get to choose. And sometimes those decisions are super freaking hard oh, to rise above and be like, you know what? Nope. I'm better than that. I'm going to move on from that. I'm going to make a different choice today. When I get that yeah. funky feeling that makes me want to lash out at people yeah. and choke them. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, and it's okay to have those feelings. Yeah. And right. that's something that's huge too. Like, you know, when you feel something coming on, allow yourself to feel it, but don't sit in it. If yes. there's something that's making you angry, feel that anger. If something is upsetting you and you want to cry, can cry like yeah that stuff out but don't hold on to it because then mm -hmm. we hold on to it and that affects us and it also affects those around us because we lash out so we yeah. definitely live in a society that is very much i'm the victim and yeah. then we can start to shift out of that as a collective that's how it's going to continue to be it's going to be everybody else's fault you mm -hmm. know and we aren't going to learn you know how we have the choice we make the choices this is our life. Nobody else's. That's right. Do you think, what do you think it's going to take for, for us as a society? I, I've had this conversation so many times with women on, on this very show. For me, I think it's going to take us being really honest with our stories. Mm 
We have to give others permission to have failed and overcome so that they can see the possibility. Do you think there's any truth to that? Or do you think there's another way? Yeah, no, I think that that is a huge part of it. I mean, and again, it goes back to that awareness until we become a culture and a society that is aware of the shit that we are doing and the things that are actually going on and we open our eyes, um, which some of us are, some of us are already in that place. We're already doing that work, but it is going to take a lot, a lot, a lot more people. Um, and that's really what it is. It's, you know, and you will find with me too, I always tell people, and if you follow me on Instagram, I don't know if you do, I'm very honest. I am such an honest and open person, um, just an open book. And I will never hide things. I will never try to oh, well, I'm here. And this is, that is not me at all. I mean, I've talked about my divorce to people. I, you know, I don't, or my almost divorce, um, <laughs> those little things, because I want people to know, like, I, I'm going through these things. Like we have to be open and honest about our stories and we can't, you know, social media is such a huge thing because mm -hmm. people, you know, on social media can portray this big, perfect life, but behind the scenes, it's shit. Yeah. You know? And until we become honest and really start to show the truth, then things aren't going to change. We're going to be stuck in this mindset. And it also, again, comes to that victim mindset. We have to get out of that. We have to stop blaming everybody and everything else for what is going on with us. Because if not, then it's always just going to be everybody else's fault. And we're going to keep living in this circle and this cycle. Um, and so many people will, I don't want my kids to, you know, grow up this way. Okay. Then break fucking cycles. Yeah. Yeah. You Tell them about it. Yes. It has to start somewhere. It has to start with you doing the work. And that's something too, with having my son that I did not want him to grow and feel the things that I was feeling and going through. And so for me, it's like, I have to shift this. I have to change these things. And that's where it really begins within our, you know, ancestral line is that first person that just becomes aware and wants that change badly enough that they'll step into it. But until we start to do that, we're going to just kind of stay in this mode. And now I do think that we are shifting. I really do. I feel like on a collective level, things are definitely starting to shift and change, mm -hmm. but it's still going to take a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is some advice that you can give to the listeners to, to get started down, down that road when they feel stuck? Mm -hmm. um, be true to yourself. Be true to who you are. A lot of times that's where we get stuck too, is that we are living in a society um, that tells us who we should be and how we should do things and what's right for us and what's not. And we really live by that you know, and I mean, I don't anymore, <laughs> right? I have definitely stepped away from that. <laughs> um, you know, it's, we try to follow society's norms of, you know, what we've always been taught of who we should be. And that's kind of where we get in those places, because I truly believe that your soul is trying to come through, you know, it's on that soul level that is like, wake up, stop doing this. Like you're in this position because you don't want to be doing this job. You don't want to be with this person. You don't want to be doing these things. You don't want this group of friends. But until you wake up to that and learn that it's okay to let go of those things and you surrender, 
and you trust the process, you trust yourself, you trust creator, whether that is God, spirit, you know, your higher self, whatever you believe in, then, you know, things are going to continue to stay the same until you really do surrender all of it, all of it, as hard as it is. That is such a big thing to do, but you have to trust and you have to know that when you're feeling stuck and like you hate your job, you're miserable and it just stresses you out. Like it's probably not meant for you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. is part of your work, figuring out, helping your clients to figure out like that infinite purpose of why the hell am I here? Cause I know damn well, I was not meant to go K through 12, four-year degree, get a job, get married, have a couple of kids work till I die, collect the 50 year watch and die. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. Is, there, is there, is there some work that goes along with figuring out that infinite purpose? You know, I don't want to say that that is what I do, you know, Mm -hmm. but there have been women that have come to me and they have gotten out of relationships since they've seen me. They have changed Mm -hmm. their careers um, because we do talk about a lot of that stuff. Um, For me, you know, this was something that's been kind of big for me as well, um, is that, you know, we're society has also kind of taught us to that you have, you have a purpose, you have this purpose and that's cool. And that's great, but I don't believe truly deep down that we have just one purpose. You know, everybody is in such a search for what's my purpose. This is my purpose. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't believe that we just have one purpose. I believe we have multiple things that, you know, we're meant to be doing that, you know, my purpose is to be a mom, but my purpose is also to help women. And my purpose is to help others heal. My purpose is to help myself heal. And I don't believe that there is just one big picture of just like, this is my purpose. This is what I meant to do. And I say that because things can change at any moment, Mm -hmm. any second, any minute, any day things can shift so drastically that what you thought was your purpose is now no longer your purpose. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is a purpose. Something happened so that you could shift and change into something else. And I'm very upfront with women about that too, of, you know, don't set expectation. Don't set expectation in this session with me and don't set it outside of this. Because when we set expectations and we're searching, we just get butt hurt because they don't go our way more often than not. And so it's really about just letting go. And it truthfully, and this was a huge thing for me too, the surrender thing, I cannot speak on it enough. You know, even starting my business and when I would do my gatherings, and which this has been almost a year now that I started doing the gatherings and, you know, I'd, I'd push it out there and nobody would sign up and I'd get in my head and be like, oh my God, I'm failing and da, 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 da. And like two people would sign up and I'd be like, it's just not enough. And I'm I was in that mindset and until I fully surrendered and thought, you know what, things are going to happen how they're supposed to. If this isn't meant for me, then it's not meant for me. And even if I have two to three people signed up, that's not failing. I have people, they're here. And who am I to take this away from them? And I really started showing up in that space. And when you do, when you learn to surrender, so much stress goes away so much of it just kind of leaves and it's this weight lifted off of you. But again, it takes work and it's a lot easier said than done. Um, but yeah, I just, again, I don't think we have just one purpose on this earth and in this lifetime. I think we're going to learn and to break cycles so that in the next lifetime, things are going to look different 
and we're going to be on a different path than where we were. Yeah. I think a lot of people get, get kind of confused about their purpose. Like you said, like it is not my purpose to be a mother. I am a mother. That is a finite project within my life's journey because I've got one that just graduated. I've got three grown children that have children of their own. And I have a 14 year old. They're not going to need me forever. Not in the same way that they need me now. And and when we lose that purpose, if our purpose is to be a mother and then the children are out of the house, what are we left with? We see it time and time again, emptiness syndrome, you know, late, late, late life depression. I don't know what to do. My purpose is over. Well, yeah. sis, let me tell you, your purpose was not just to be that yeah. child's mother. You are an individual. And that's when our relationships really begin to improve. I feel like is when we get this one, right? Yes. This, this entity right here. Absolutely. So that all those relationships and purposes and projects can come into focus and be yeah. clear and productive. Yeah. 100%. I mean, and it really is about following you know, if there's something that is sticking out to you that you really want to jump into and start doing, then do it. Follow what feels good to you. Follow what feels right. Not what somebody wants you to do, not what society wants you to do. If Mm -hmm. there's a certain program you want to do, research it, start diving into that, start trying to figure out because that is your soul coming out, pushing you in the direction of that. Mm -hmm. And that's what people need to understand is that you know, our souls are going to continuously kind of push us in certain directions. And when we listen and we go with that, we're going to keep going down this path. I mean, even with me, it started with energy work and then I was kind of pushed into yoga and I don't even teach yoga anymore. I teach more intentional movement and dance. And, you know, then that kind of led me into, you know, breath work and sound healing and, you know, all these modalities that, you know, sometimes too, this is another society thing. And something that I used to be really bad with is I would jump kind of from thing to thing to thing and even job to job, to job, to job. But that is who I am. I mean, one, I don't think I was meant to be working like a nine to five and four anybody, <laughs> but sure. even when it comes to this work, you know, I am digging and I am learning and I, you know, I'm not hard on myself anymore when I'm like, okay, I've got this and I know what I'm doing. Let's do this now, you know? And so it's like, I just finished up a breath work and meditation practitioner course so that I can go even deeper with people. And, you know, I've started diving into cacao. And so I will sit in ceremony with people. Cacao is a beautiful plant medicine. That's a heart opener. Um, And so I've started, you know, that's something else, but this is my journey. And I'm, when I feel this pull and this call towards something, I listen. And I go to it, you know, now if it's a huge decision, I'm not instantly going to be like, yeah, let's do it. You know, even part of me is like, yeah, let's, let's, you know, go, but I'm very much like I listen and I, mm-hmm. I wait and I sometimes give it a few days. And if it's still there and in the back of my mind, in my heart, I'm like, okay, I hear you spirit. I get it. Like, I will do this. I'll learn. I'll, you know, and so people need to understand that. And really like those pulls that you feel that like gut intuition, that, you know, just this feeling of like, why am I so interested in this? Don't keep pushing it away. That's your soul telling you, you know, dive in, keep learning. And, you know, with me, with everything that I'm doing and I'm learning, I believe that it's happening because not everybody heals the same way. I always say that our trauma, our pain, it's not linear. So neither is our processing of it and neither is our healing. 
it's never linear for anybody. And so what may work for somebody isn't going to work for the next. And so I don't want to put myself into one category of this is all that I do. So now I've expanded and I continue to expand and to learn. And it's just been a beautiful process of, you know, unraveling and, you know, unbecoming in a sense to start stepping into and becoming who I'm meant to be and to be where I'm at. I love the unbecoming to become something else. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's 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 one thing too, that kind of drives me crazy is, and I used to say it, but when people are like, yeah, you've got to unlearn and you've got to do this. You aren't going to unlearn anything. If you've unlearned something, you're not going to unlearn it. So instead shift what you're saying to I'm unbecoming, you're shedding layers, but you're never going to unlearn. So it's still, it drives me crazy when I hear people say it. Cause I'm like, no, no, you're not unlearning anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can promise the world. Amy Singleton still knows how to drink. I'm never going to not know how to do it, but I had to unbecome a drinker because I wanted to live. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's truthfully yeah. it. I mean, it's really just about unbecoming and that unraveling of all of who we have been so that we can become who we want to be and who we're yeah. meant to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us about a favorite, tell us about a story about a favorite client, a favorite um, success. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like the majority of my clients, and I say this just, you know, I feel like most of them are a success just because either I see them again or they'll come to a gathering. So I'm like, obviously I'm doing something right. Right. Um, I think one that was really, really big for me, and this was just a few months ago. um, You know, when women come in to see me, I always say that my energy is going to match what your energy needs. It's not going to match your energy. It's going to match what your energy needs. And I didn't really start learning that until the past few months when I paid attention and I became aware of how I was when people came in. And so sometimes I'll have women that come in and they're just very like down and their energy is just not in a good space. And I find myself being more hyper and upbeat and because that's what their energy needs. I have some women that come in and their energy is super high and it's just like, okay, whoa. And so my energy, I find myself like talking slower and being more calm and hand gestures because that's what their energy needs. And I had a client come see me um, and she actually, not that she didn't want to see me, but her mom had actually signed her up to come with me because her mom had been a client of mine. (laughs) She's like, you're going to experience this. Let's go. (laughs) And she came in and as soon as I saw her, I just, I was trying not to say anything. And I was like, it just felt, I felt very connected to her, which a lot of times I don't get that. I'm very good with separating my energy from somebody else's and the whole process we're kind of going. And she had been in some very, very dark places. And, you know, the more that we started going through the process, we start talking more and we both agreed at one point we lock eyes and we both start just crying And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't do this in sessions. And she's like, no, this is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. And it was almost like our souls were connecting. It was as if we had 
met each other in past lives or been together in past lives, whether it was friends, family, whatever that looked like. And we had this almost just soul connection and my heart and my body just ached for her. And I felt her spirit just inside of her. And this is what we talked about of her spirit, just wanting to break free of that's what kept coming to me is that it's wanting to break free. It's in this cage that she's got to let go of. And we just got into this deep, beautiful conversation and, you know, really opened her up a lot. I mean, she did not trust people. She would not open up to people. And by the end of it, she's in tears and we're hugging. And she's like, I have never experienced this. She goes, and I have never been able to let myself open up to somebody like this or, you know, look somebody in the eyes. And she's like, all I can do is continue to just look deep in your eyes. And it's the most comfortable place I've been in. And it was a beautiful session. I mean, something that, you know, even for me, and again, I'm very open and honest. I'm not going to say like, oh, this is, you know, what happens, but I also let myself feel when I'm in session with people, because if I don't, and I close that energy off, I'm not able to really be open to everything that I need to see, or maybe hear. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for her too, after leaving that, she kind of started her own journey of self-discovery and learning and, um, kind of finding her place again. And she's, doing great. She's, you know, it's been amazing. We stay in contact as much as we can. Um, but yeah, even with that, you know, when people come to see me and this has happened more and more as I kind of, you know, expand and, um, do these sessions with women is that, you know, I tell people I'm not psychic by any means, maybe I am, but I just have not fully tapped into it, but there are more often than not times when I'm working with somebody that I will see images or I will hear words or sentences that, you know, I think spirit is kind of channeling through me that they need to hear. And I'm very open and honest about that. So after we get through session, I'll say, you know, this is what I saw. And 99% of the time it resonates, there's something going on, or it kind of hits a place where they're like, oh my God, you know? And so I try to speak that I try to speak the truth and I speak what is coming to me. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. You know, I've had to talk to women about, you know, rape kept coming to me or, you know, sexual abuse or, you know, death. And sometimes that can be scary for people to want to talk about those things. But I know that these messages are meant for them. And once I bring them up, we get into a deeper discussion, which creates deeper healing because that's what needed to come up. That's what they mm -hmm. need to feel and to hear. Um and so, yeah, these sessions are just, they can be very intense. They can be very calming. They can be just a whole list of things. It's whatever your energy needs in that moment. That's amazing. Yeah. I think that aside from all of the expertise you have with Reiki and energy and, and all of that, um, just on the most basic level humans were meant for human interaction and connection. Yeah. And we are all so busy, even within our own households, that oh, yeah. the opportunity to actually sit and stare into the eyes of another human being is so rare. And to yeah. give your full attention to another human being and be fully present, that's got to be one of the major keys of eliciting these feelings and this, this energy and this growth, um, to have someone yeah. like you willing to stop and pay attention and really be present with us. That's huge. Yeah. 
really just hear. I mean, that's the thing is just really hearing somebody and seeing somebody because yes, I can look at you and I see you, but a lot of times people don't see us. They don't actually see our being and who we are. And so that is something that's huge for me during these sessions. And in my gatherings that I do, I actually, more often than not, I will have, we do what's called eye gazing. So we do some of the normal, you know, movement and um, discussion and sound healing. But then we also sit in partners across from each other and just stare into each other's eyes. And that in itself that just one activity has created so much healing and so much deep discussion at these that it's been just beautiful to watch unfold and see people just taken back by what we can do something that simple it's just mind-blowing and and i love it i love doing i love making people be uncomfortable which is what usually happens (laughs) (laughs) like this isn't what i'm used to staring at another yeah. person. Yeah. I always tell people, I'm like, this is going to be really uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie to you, you know, but everybody does it. I've not had one person that's like, I'm good. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Um, so everybody's always very open and it's just a beautiful thing to sit and be able to witness. Yeah. Lean into the experience with Brittany. You'll, I think you'll, uh, <laughs> you'll find a lot of value there. So tell the listeners where they can find you. If they want to do one-on-work session with you or have this group session experience, how can they find you? Yeah. So, um, I am on Facebook under native roots. Okay. Um, Oklahoma, but I, and I post on there, but I'm definitely more active on my Instagram, which you can find me at native roots healing. Um, and then I do have my website, which is native roots healing. Um, and that's where they can actually see kind of like my one-on-one sessions, what I offer and then be able to book with me. Um, and then my gatherings, typically I will post them on my website so people can purchase tickets, but I post a lot of it on my Instagram. Like Instagram is really where I'm a lot more active and post a lot more, just easier on that platform. Um, so yeah, that's probably the biggest space, but they can go to my website and book and I'm always open for questions too, if anybody's curious. So. Awesome. That sounds awesome. If you are stuck in your life and you don't know how to move, you've tried the counseling, you've tried the, all the things get with Brittany at native roots, healing, native roots, healing on Instagram and native roots, healing. Okay. Online. Thank you so much for being my guest, Brittany. You are amazing. Thank you for the work you're doing in your community and for your clients. And thank you for being a queen that leads. Yeah, of course. Thank you.